0: Hi, this is Herb Kressel and uh, this morning I'm chatting with uh, Dr. Chris Sistrom, Associate Professor of Radiology at the University of Florida, uh, who working with colleagues at Massachusetts General Hospital uh, did a fascinating study of imaging utilization in the emergency department Uh, and their uh, sort of conclusion is in their title Uh, they found physicians have limited impact on a variation. Uh, Welcome Dr. Systrom. Thank you. Uh, Tell me you're at the University of Florida how is it that you're working with the uh, group at Massachusetts General Hospital?
1: Back in 2008 they were kind enough to offer me to come up on a sabbatical at which time I studied their uh, outpatient imaging decision support system and reported on it in radiology, and I've been coming up here ever since.
0: Well, good. Uh, Now, why did you and your colleagues decide to undertake this study?
1: ER imaging uh, is both perceptually in terms of the ER docs and radiologists thought to be not only frequent, but variable and that it, uh, it may be a target for uh, quality improvement strategies and both the ER docs and the uh, radiology folks thought that it was a, a good thing to study and it has been studied before but in relatively limited ways.
0: Okay. Now what exactly did you do?
1: So uh, uh, my colleague uh, Hannah Wong who's the co head author of the paper, is uh, a very meticulous um, researcher and data gatherer, and she worked with the uh, leadership of the emergency department to collect all of the uh, emergency department cases, records, from um, the study period, and uh, went through and gathered with using the uh, emergency department information system and other sources um, a host of uh, variables about each one of the visit each one of the visits to sort of characterize that emergency room visit in a way that was meaningful to the emergency room physicians Um, and so she then collected all of this data and as I said she's so meticulous that it was virtually complete in Mm -hmm. every one of these 20 plus variables. So I then analyzed that with the outcome being uh, whether or not an imaging exam was ordered uh, in association with the visit Mm -hmm. on the patient
0: now you use something called a uh, two-level hierarchical logistic regression Uh, it's hard to say and i think for many of our readers will be uh, a new concept and you also mentioned the 20 variables presumably that were characterizing the visits and the physician so can you explain in more detail what are some of the variables you considered and then how does this two-level hierarchical regression work to sort through uh, the relative contributions of these so uh, we gathered variables
1: obviously about the patient and the visit so age and gender uh, how they came to the hospital whether they walked in or came by ambulance whether they were referred from another doctor or another hospital or walked in, just came in de novo. The treatment area in the emergency room, um, urgent, fast track and psychiatric service, uh, the insurance type and their time of arrival and um, whether or not they'd been to an emergency room before. Then we also got some variables about the doctors who took care of each of the cases and their age and gender and whether they've been trained as emergency room doctors and what their experience was how long they've been practicing so when you have a set of variables like that they um, relate to two different units of the of what we're analyzing so we're analyzing visits that occur with patients that are rendered by doctors and the variables that go with the doctors um, are what we call repeated measures. So you can't, you have to treat them specially because they uh, don't really accrue to every single visit. They accrue to the doctor who okay. after the visit in a hierarchical sense. So that there are visits by patients within doctor. So the hierarchy is that there is the variation between patients and visits, uh, and then that's nested within the doctor who has his or her own effect on what we're measuring. The hierarchy not only estimates, it respects that distinction, but also helps to estimate and give insight into which of those levels of influence how it's working and quantifying its influence. Okay,
0: Okay. so uh, what did you actually find when you did this sophisticated analysis? So what the hierarchical model can give us is
1: a measurement um, uh, for each doctor that is their tendency, their odds, if you will, to order an imaging exam all else equal. Mm -hmm. Once we've um, accounted for all of those individual level variables at the patient and visit, then we can ask, all right, we've we've washed out and risk-adjusted everything now we're going to ask the question, does the doctor, him or herself, have an influence? And that that measurement um, can be shown, and we did in the, in the uh, article, showed the sort of um, distribution of that and how each doctor fared, but you can also use that measurement and its variability to calculate what's called an intra-class correlation, which is basically ask the question for the the doctors, which are the class, if you know the difference, uh, if a if a visit is between goes to one doctor versus another doctor, what percentage of the variation can you attribute to that fact that the right, visit right. went to a different doctor? So, and the key thing is, if you do that without uh, any adjustment for the uh, patient and visit level factors, and just look at the at the intraclass correlation between doctors. It's uh, about 26 okay. um, wh- percent. When you then account for all of the patient and visit level factors, that intraclass correlation falls to around 1 okay. percent. Which means once you account for all of the clinical differences in the patients that and visits that the doctors render, they themselves have very little influence between them uh, of the imaging use.
0: I see. If I if I recall, uh, one of your findings was that if you came to the emergency department when it was really busy and hectic, you had a much more likely chance of getting a lot of imaging as if the imaging was like a bullpen or an on-deck circle for the doctor visit. Is uh, that correct?
1: There was a tendency in that direction. I have to, in fairness, have to admit that it was. It was borderline significant, and it was a a relatively small tendency, but it intrigued us Uh We wrote about it. The other corollary was that when the ER, so that was high-cost imaging, CT, nuclear medicine, and um, MR, uh, was slightly more likely to happen when the ER was busy. Whereas low-cost imaging, basically x-ray and ultrasound, x-ray, was slightly more likely to happen when the ER was not busy. So I, I, I had the same sort of speculation as you did that maybe, you know, because I read ER stuff, and, the, and the, 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 the urban myth is that, you know, when the ER is busy, the doctor just looks at what part the patient is holding and gets a CAT scan of it, and this showed that maybe kind of sort of slightly happens, but not very much.
0: Oh, well, I used to work, uh, when I was a resident uh, in radiology, I used to do emergency room work. Uh, I did it for four years, and that result did not surprise me, yeah. uh, based on my experience. Uh, anyway. Now, that was a surprising result, the really low level of variability attributed to the physicians. And uh, I note that, uh, you know, a number of centers, particularly in Boston, are using decision support systems. And so, was such a system available and might that account for the low level of variability that you saw? So,
1: at MGH, the decision support system for which Um, I wrote that article for you guys a while back was uh, only for outpatient and has remained only for outpatient until just very recently including the time of the study. It is being moved into the inpatient and the ER uh, slowly um, but it's 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 a harder thing to do to gain acceptance because for outpatient at MGH the reason the outpatient docs like it among others, is that the scheduling of the patient to get the exam once it's been entered through the system is very easy. Okay. So with an ER and an, and an inpatient, you have a different,
0: okay. a
1: different set of barriers and a different set of acceptance. That said, they're certainly moving in that direction um, to, to do that, and um, I think a couple of units in, at MGH have been brought online, inpatient units and the ER uh, is to follow. Um, So perhaps we'll have more to tell you about later.
0: Okay, now, I, uh, uh, for our listeners, uh, when this paper was submitted, uh, it was processed in the fast track. And one of the reasons was that uh, the, the result that you're reporting of this rather low level of physician-driven variability in terms of utilization really flies in the face of decades of research and policy that was driven by understanding the variability and working to reduce it. Everyone who's dealt with managed care, uh, we all have these little physician work groups and we look at utilization and we kind of try to identify the outliers and try to bring them uh, to the mean. So this was kind of a very, very different result. So do you think that the fact that you found this result in the emergency department is due to some peculiarity among emergency department physicians or they're exposed a lot, they've they're been trained in utilization management because Massachusetts is kind of a a very utilization management oriented healthcare region, and there's a lot of paper performance and other incentive systems available. Is there something special here?
1: I think that's very well said. The MGH, the reason that I work at MGH is that I work for what they call the variation shop, which is a, I sort of head that up for the physician's organization. To exactly do what you just described, and they've been at it since uh, the mid 2000s. And the ER itself at MGH has a very collaborative uh, style. They work in teams. Um, You know, they'll collaborate with the medical students and the residents and the attending, and they'll talk about the cases and they have protocols. And so, yes, indeed, they they probably have advanced to the stage of where the variability has been reduced. So remember the whole thing of quality management, as you know better than I do, is that first you reduce the variability, then you steer the tendency. So these guys are at the place where they've reduced the variability. And now if you want to change the mean, you have to uh, work with everybody uh, in a protocol sort of driven way, i.e. decision support would be one.
0: Now, what's your sense? Do you think that if you replicated your study uh, in hospitals in other parts of the country, or uh, even uh, going to sort of more community-based rather than an integrated delivery system, that you'd have the same result in terms of the limited physician-dependent variability and utilization? That's
1: I've wondered about that myself, uh, Herb. I think that the answer is that certainly in many community-based hospitals and ERs and perhaps even other academic health centers that that intraclass correlation would probably never be lower than 1% because I can't imagine getting much better than that, but would be range upwards to that 26%, uh, 25%. Um, that you'd see a, a range of that, mm-hmm. and I suspect it would be... I have no reason to suspect it's sort of gut intuition that it would be somewhere in the teens, okay. if I looked at it, the average of uh, various hospitals.
0: Good. And if uh, you sort of alluded to this, but sort of as a closing question, if, if we sort of reach a stage where we're, we are beat that horse of sort of uh, reducing variability, uh, there's still, and I'm sure at Mass General, there are still issues of utilization management, and what what is the, the next step? How should we be addressing this? Uh, after we've reduced the physician variability,
1: well, great question, Herb. And and in fact, what shows that that is relevant is that the overall utilization of high-cost imaging in the MGHGR at high in the mid 40s, high 40 40%, percent, is identical to the average across the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're absolutely correct. There's there's other work to be done with a different sort of set of tools, and As we suggest in the paper, one tool set could be decision support during order entry Mm -hmm. that everybody has to go through, get an exam, and that you then have control of the process uh, right at the point that it's actually being done in the uh, clinical workflow. Got it.
0: Well, this has been a great discussion and I really learned a lot from this paper. So I want to thank you and your colleagues for uh, sending it our way. And thank you for participating in the podcast.
1: My pleasure.
0: Sure. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.